0: Hello and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George.
1: And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was written by Michael Crichton and published in 1990.
0: And the film adaptation was directed by Steven Spielberg and came out in 1993.
1: That is so wild because we were both born in 1992.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm really surprised that this came out as early as it did.
1: Yeah, because I remember like people being into Jurassic Park during mm-hmm. like my elementary school years. Yeah. And I guess they had some sequels that were coming out and everything, but I'm like, dang, it's it, old.
0: It's like still a lot of people's favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, Deanna, my friend Deanna, like it's still her favorite movie. So <laughs> it just has had a lot. It's had a long lifespan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is still unrivaled. Even by
1: Jurassic Jurassic World,
0: World. (laughs) which we'll probably talk about a little bit just in context (laughs) occasionally. But yeah, (laughs) Um,
1: we are so excited to do this episode.
0: I know. uh, It's our first one talking about Steven Spielberg.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which is
0: interesting. Mm -hmm. And Michael Crichton. Yep. Yep. And dinosaurs.
1: Also dinosaurs. And
0: um Laura Dern. Yes. And no, that's not true. She was oh, a big, yes, she was a big little true. Lies. How dare you? How dare I forget <laughs> about Laura Dern in anything? Um, but about Anyway. Uh,
1: <laughs> I think I think so. Uh, triceratops. On <laughs> and uh, maybe
0: even a T Rex. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I You know, I was kind of familiar with the movie. It's one of those movies that I feel like it wasn't until somewhat recently that I finally saw the entirety of it. Same.
2: Yeah. I've
0: caught, you know, almost every bit here and there on TV. Mm -hmm. But I never actually like sat down and like watched the entire thing. Me
1: either, and I didn't grow up watching it. Me neither. And then I read it for the first time, I want to say when I was like 18, 17 maybe.
0: You read it or saw it? Read it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you had read it that long ago.
1: Yeah, it was a while ago. I only remembered bits of it. But yeah, Um, and that was kind of the first. I, I haven't read anything else by mm-hmm. Michael Crichton, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I've heard you know this book is good, so I read it.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to read more by him after reading this. Yeah, yeah. Uh And it's nice because for the most part, uh, the book and movie are pretty uh, parallel.
1: They are and they aren't. It's weird. Mm -hmm. It's like in some ways they're very similar and in some ways they are almost completely different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. That's the way that I view it anyway, that they're very different.
0: They are. uh, But I guess in terms of like, The setup and the key players and a lot of the main story arcs that happen. That's true. Yeah. Kind of parallel each other. So Mm -hmm. we're not going to be when we're discussing the two having to take too big of like.
1: Divergences. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is always nice. Yeah. Uh, A little less work for us. We can be a little more free with it. So Mm -hmm. uh, the stories start a little differently. Yeah. Uh, The movie we get this kind of crazy like raptor scene at the beginning yeah just very cla- just a
1: hint of dinos yeah just
0: a hint, like a touch they
1: show the dino eye
0: which is just it's classic spielberg oh yeah to just kind of hint at the monster a little bit give us like a scary scene with it mm-hmm. warn us of the danger uh, we get
1: kind of a similar hint of things to come in the book mm-hmm. um we get some scenes that are very unrelated to the actual plot and the characters that yeah. populate the main story about um kind of these reptiles or these strange things have been happening in Costa Rica these lizards are killing babies and it's super yeah. weird mm. <laughs> and nobody knows like who they are and what they're doing and um they just think it's like a different species of lizard but of course we're all like oh it's the dinosaurs <laughs> so we start off the book pretty much knowing that the dinosaurs have escaped the island yeah which was uh
0: very surprising to me yeah uh to kind of have the book starting off in that way yeah also we get like an epilogue that i thought was really interesting even before all of this talking about like bio uh a prologue a prologue what did i say (laughs) epilogue You know, when they put the epilogue before the book. What's that called?
1: The prologue. It's
0: like a pre... A -a prepilogue. Nice. It's a -a prepilogue. We got a -a prepilogue with uh, kind of talking about bioengineering in that field in general. Yeah. And I was very curious reading it. I'm like... How much of this I wonder is based in facts? That's what
1: I thought the and whole And how much isn't? The whole book. Yeah. Honestly, cuz there's so much science and uh, just all these facts that are thrown at you throughout the book and I'm like, how much of this is real? I would love yeah. to know. I would love a scientist to just like <laughs> annotate
0: uh-huh. the book
1: and have like an annotated copy of Jurassic World with little like footnotes mm-hmm. and like, every time they say something to have a scientist be like this is true, but actually, this thing or this is half true. Yeah, this is completely yeah. false. Like, where is the annotated Jurassic Park science notes version?
0: Because <laughs> it's clear, read again. Michael Crichton did a ton of research. Oh, yeah, like, it's clearly very rooted in a lot of uh, facts and stuff. Yeah, but you're just not sure. Like in the up ep- in the in the pro <laughs> in the <prep-a-log>, uh, <laughs> they talk about like one company that used. Um, uh, what was it? Oh, rabies. They yeah. tried curing rabies by making it airborne without telling like this town and whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if this is real or not. Like some fucked up shit happens. Like this yeah. could have happened. Yeah. But then later in this story, you're like, oh, and then the company that had done this evil thing before was now trying to get the.
1: Steal the dino to like, oh, OK,
0: so that wasn't true. But like maybe it's rooted in Based, something. in fact. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of. Yeah, like you said, I felt this way throughout the entire book, which is really, I, I enjoyed that element of it.
1: Yeah, we have some scientist friends. Maybe they can take up this project. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's ask them after we've recorded this.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: best way to go, just blind and half-cocked. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, we get, yeah, but in the book we get, like, all these, we're introduced to all these little characters in this, like, opening part that's talking about how the dinosaurs got to costa rica yeah and it's funny because we're introduced to like eight characters or something who are just all dropped from the story
2: yeah completely
0: <laughs> yeah um but then we get introduced to grant and ellie yeah uh in kind of a similar fashion to where we're introduced to them in the movie mm-hmm. where they're in the badlands at an excavation site looking you know finding raptors yeah and we're, we're kind of like introduced a little bit to like just who they are and what they're doing and who they are as people.
1: Yeah. Would it be too confusing for us to refer to Elias Sattler throughout the episode?
0: Um, no, I might slip up. Okay. Just so you know, and I'll try I to. I just
1: feel annoyed that every character in the book, besides the children, is referred to by their last name, besides Dr. Sattler. Yeah. And I'm like, is that because she's a woman? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: it, it's true. And she is uh, definitely viewed as a woman throughout the entire, like in an yeah. ob- objective, or they objectify her, you know, throughout the story, different characters kind mm-hmm. of ogling her. And so y- you do kind of wonder if it's in a sexist.
1: An unintentional, route. maybe unconscious way. It, throughout the book, she's referred to sometimes as Dr. Sattler, but more often as just Ellie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you wouldn't mind... I sure. prefer to just call her I will her I'll try my
0: hardest. <laughs> also she's a lot younger in the book. She's like 24. Yeah. in in the book and she's a grad student. Mm-hmm. And there's not the romantic chemistry between her and Grant. No,
1: they're not together cuz Grant is like 40 something um in the he, yeah. book. He's yeah. He's even like
0: 50 maybe. Or, I think may- they said 40s. Okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, you're probably right.
1: Um but yeah, in the book they're there's not they're not together at all. Um and Dr. Sattler is young and they talk a lot in the book about her legs, her tan, her
0: uh, shorts, her cutoff
1: shorts. Yeah, it's a frequent topic of discussion. And I was not about it. I was not about (laughs) it. (laughs)
0: No, I mean, it's one of those things where it's not like it's kind of more at the beginning. And then once that's kind of happened and like the action started like they kind of stopped that which is appreciated but it didn't need to happen to begin with so yeah yeah
1: um yeah and in the movie obviously um Sattler and Grant are kind of more the same age I'd say like 30s
0: yeah uh Grant seems more like he's in his early 40s I'd say in the movie yeah I have no clue but that's my guess
1: they could be any age, that but they seem kind of closer in age, you know. Yeah, she's yeah. obviously not twenty four. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> although Laura Dern looks great, she
1: does. She looks amazing, mm-hmm. and um, they are together. They are rom- a romantic couple. Yeah, and they do digs together, which is cool.
0: Yeah, I I like their relationship a lot in the story. Like they're very comfortable with each other. Yeah, that's they're just comfortable with each other. There's not like. I don't know like I think the only scene where they like show any like affection towards each other is when they get the money to fund their future digs and they hug just out of excitement yeah you know what I mean
1: yeah they're not like oh will they won't they and it's not like oh their relationship is in jeopardy or, or... it's like
0: super passionate no like they're just, just like
1: two scientists yeah. who love each other and like are comfortable in their relationship and we're like we don't need to go through some kind of relationship crisis like we dot each other's backs
0: i like that a lot yeah and it's established early on in the movie that grant does not like children yes as he Describes to a child. Oh,
1: my God. What is that scene? Him
0: being disemboweled (laughs) by a raptor. I'm like, whose
1: kid is this? Where did this kid come from? All of a sudden, they're just on this dig, and a kid shows up. I think
0: there's a bunch of tourists there. I think they're tourists. Because there's like a bunch of people. Yeah. And then there's some just snot-nosed kid who's like, big deal.
2: (laughs) I don't care.
0: And then Grant threatens to stab him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With a velociraptor claw? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That is a good scene, though, because like it establishes his kind of dislike for kids and how he's not good with them. Yeah. And it establishes a lot about the raptors uh-huh. early on and kind of how ferocious they are. And it even when he talks about how they pack hunt yeah. and attack from the sides, that's a foreshadowing, foreshadowing. to mm-hmm. another character's death later on in the movie. Yeah. When we find out that... <gasps> raptors are alive in this world (laughs) spoiler yeah (laughs) not to give them too much away too soon
1: yeah uh yeah so basically the whole beginning part of the book and the movie is sort of gathering together of these different characters to go to the jurassic park island Mm -hmm. uh isla nubler Nubler? Nibbler, nibbler, <laughs> nibbler. <laughs> um, it's the Jurassic Park Island. We're just gonna call it the Jurassic Park. Island. Yeah. <laughs>
0: the the Jurassic the one with the uh the one with the park with the dinosaurs. The one that
1: has the dinosaurs on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know which one. Uh, so we get um, Sattler and Grant who end up going, and then Hammond, Hammond who, who shows up to- is the owner of the park. Goes there. His lawyer, Gennaro, goes, and then um, Ian Malcolm comes as well.
0: Ian Malcolm, a.k.a. Jeff Bridges, in every movie he's ever been in, yet this is the best.
1: (laughs) Jeff Bridges.
0: Oh, my God. Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) No! Ian Ian is very tired.
1: He's worked a long day. I
0: am, and I'm going to be staying up all night to finish another (laughs) design project, so yeah.
1: Anyway, Jeff Goldblum. (laughs)
0: Yeah. You know, from uh, True Grit and... Uh,
1: Stop. Uh, the I can't even
0: think of Jeff Bridges movies. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. And yeah, we said all those characters. There's some slight deviation in the book. So there's a character named uh, Regis. Yeah. Who is kind of... Hammond's like assistant he's a PR guy yeah and then Gennaro the lawyer in the book is very different yeah he's kind of a stocky built guy um and Just
1: sort of a solid person yeah he he seems like kind of he's like a corporate lawyer slime ball, but then he kind of does well in the end yeah, for himself
0: he, he pulls his weight he yeah. does fine yeah and then uh but in the movie they kind of combined Regis's character with the lawyer character yeah he's still called Gennaro and he's still a lawyer but he has more of Regis's characteristics of kind of being slimy slimy and kind of cowardly cowardly yeah exactly yeah which fits for a kind of
1: lawyer character yeah a stereotype yeah
0: oh my god (laughs) when the lawyer gets to the island he is wearing a suit with a button-up shirt (laughs) and tie and then Short, suit shorts. suit shorts which I didn't think were a thing and I don't think they are <laughs> but why wouldn't you why it's would so weird why are you wearing the jacket and then shorts yeah it's the best outfit I've ever seen it's in my so life so
1: awkward <laughs> it sums up his character perfectly it does
0: it's perfect I love it
2: visual cue
0: yeah uh but I'm jumping ahead so like all the characters arrive at the island and grant doesn't really know what they're getting into he just thinks it's like a animal preserve of some sort that he's being asked to consult on and when they show up and they get off the plane and everything and then we get the 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 money shot at the beginning of, oh my god i don't know dinosaurs at all the one with the really long neck I don't know. You don't, I, I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know what any of them are called. You know which one we're talking about. Yeah. They, they got really long necks.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: Brachiosaur? That, yeah, maybe that was sure. the old name for it. Apatosaur or something? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any. I miss that time in your life when you're a child when you like dinosaurs.
0: I Yeah, I, I never had that phase
1: didn't care about in my
0: them. life ever yeah
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> it shows now <laughs>
0: yeah uh but you know <laughs> I love the scene because Grant sees the dinosaur and is just like in awe yeah and I love it because they show uh Dr. Sattler She's looking at, like, a plant leaf, and this is in the movie. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh my god, this plant's been extinct for, like, millions of years, and she's, like, going on about the plant, and Grant just, like, grabs her head and just turns turns it.
1: it. (laughs) Oh my god, Laura Dern's reactions in this movie. She's such a good actress for this. Yeah. Like, all her scenes, she just conveys so much emotion, like, instantly. Like, this scene when she first sees a dinosaur, her mouth goes so wide and she like pulls her sunglasses off and she's just like so shocked it's really cool and then there's a later scene when she's tending to a sick dinosaur where she starts crying
0: oh my god and i know it's just so
1: impactful and i'm just like i love you it,
0: i know <laughs> it makes you care about her and this big rubber mechanical yeah like prop stupid
2: dinosaur I yeah
0: <laughs> i love it but she, yeah she's just um remarkable in this role i love her yeah yeah and um i wish i could remember the actor who plays grant his sam neill sam neill thank you mm-hmm. sam neill's also great he's, yeah. he's wonderful pretty much everyone in this movie is good yeah no, no one's no one's bad no
1: everyone is really um,
0: great especially jeff goldblum <laughs> <laughs> Who, and i love it because he is exactly like the character in the book yeah they kind of talk about and i'm guessing this must be based on like real life that he's this uh mathematician who's focused on chaos theory yeah and these Specific subset of mathematicians are described as like rock stars. Yeah, they kind of dress cool, all in black. An excess
1: of personality. Yeah, is what they say in the book. (laughs) Suffers from an excess. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I think even says that in the movie too. Really? Yeah, and he's just so goofy and quirky, and smooth but smooth. Yeah, yeah, dorky, kind of creepy, but you also forgive him. Yeah, like Jeff Goldblum's the only person who could pull that off he
1: does pull off creepy really well
0: yeah he does I don't know
1: what it is about him
0: but it's a lovable creepy.
1: it is yeah you like don't care yeah there's like like like, Thor
0: Ragnarok
1: yeah when he's super weird and you're like (laughs) oh my god
0: (laughs) I'm both weirded out yet attracted
1: (laughs) he is like super hitting on Dr. Sattler throughout the movie a lot Mm -hmm. and I kind of don't mind you know because he's just like kind of like funny about it. I don't know. There's
0: even a part where he like reaches up and like touches her hair. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, stop it. Leave her alone. But also you're so charming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is a great, great video by a YouTube uh, essayist. Uh, His channel is called Lessons from the Screenplay.
1: Yeah, we've mentioned this channel before. We've
0: talked about him a lot. Please look him up and watch his videos. He came out with one recently specifically about Jurassic Park. And I love it because he approaches story specifically in movies a lot of times and structure and characters. And he talks about how Jurassic Park really does a good job of... um, shaping characters around the plot yeah. and having their personalities mean something to the plot. Mm-hmm. And one element is uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, Malcolm, who in the movie specifically is has um, opposing, not goals necessarily, but like viewpoints and challenging um, stances against both Dr. Grant's character yeah. and Hammond.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, in terms of Dr. Grant, uh, he's he's older and he like kind of doesn't want to settle down and have kids at all. Yeah. Which they clearly established that Dr. Sattler does. Yeah. And I mean, not overly so. She's not like berating him about it. But like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've established Grant doesn't like kids and she does. Uh, and so Malcolm kind of going after Dr. Sattler a bit. is kind of testing that relationship. Yeah. And Dr. Grant in a lot of ways. And then Malcolm's. Mathematical view of Jurassic Park and what he thinks about it is uh very much against Hammond and what he's built and everything, yeah. mm-hmm. and just like the way their characters are established and their journey through the movie and everything is really well done yeah. in this film, and
1: how they are almost like foils for each other, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh,
0: especially the setup of Grant being stuck with the kids, yeah um you know throughout a lot of this movie and them getting to bond and hammond having to deal with like the repercussions and fallout of what happens and everything i think the movie does a really good job of kind of cleaning up a lot of the storylines there's
1: a lot of characters to keep track of in the book um in addition to the ones we've already mentioned you know there's um Arnold, there's Muldoon, there's Dr. Wu. There's
0: Nedry. There's
1: Nedry. um, There are, there's the vet guy. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, there's just a lot of people to keep track of. There's the kids, and um, I think the movie sensibly cuts some of those characters or has them appear for a time and then just never revisits them. Because it is, it's a lot of faces, it's a lot of storylines to keep track of. You know, it skips from one you know, talking about Grant and the kids and it switches to what's happening with Sattler and like Gennaro. It's just like, I mean, it's suspenseful and it creates suspense, but it it can become confusing.
0: Yeah. And yeah, the movie does a good job of paring that down a lot and really focusing on the characters that matter. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. uh, specifically Hammond is a very different character in the movie. Yeah. Uh... (laughs) Yeah. He is so unlikable in the book.
2: He's the
1: worst. (laughs) Well, maybe the
0: second worst in the book. There might be one character that's worse than Hammond. I
1: can't think of one. Lex. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, but she's just a kid.
0: She is. Yeah. But,
1: (laughs) but yeah, Hammond, huh? In the book, he's just like, he is almost like an overgrown child. Mm -hmm. Like, he always has to get his way. Yeah. He almost like stamps his feet. They talk about him like kind of like having almost like a temper tantrum and yeah. just being like he refuses to listen to anyone. Um, he reckless, recklessly endangers everyone, including his grandkids, doesn't seem to even like his grandkids or care no. about them when they're missing. He He's doesn't just like, give a fuck about are his fine. grandkids. Yeah, and he just doesn't give a fuck about anyone. And at one point in the book, he even says that he could have gone into like genetic research to like help people but he was like no fuck that i would never help people no
0: you don't make money that way yeah exactly and yeah
1: he he's like the monopoly guy (laughs) he's the monopoly man (laughs) just
0: twirling his mustache yeah and you know he i don't know he seems to have a sense of wonder a little bit about the park in the book um but it's more about the money it's more it's definitely more about the money and his childlike qualities are much worse yeah yeah Whereas in the movie, I feel like he has a childlike sense of wonder about the park. And maybe that's like, it's still a bad quality. It's a
1: blind spot.
0: Yeah. Uh, But it's something that's kind of admirable or like you appreciate.
1: And he does seem to kind of learn his lesson. Yes. By the end of the story. Whereas in the book, Hammond is just as determined to keep Jurassic Park going or to start a new one. You know, Uh, Up
0: until the very end. Yeah. Yeah. And in the movie also... Um he uh he's more invested in the park. Yeah. Like he talks about wanting to be there for the birth of all the dinosaurs. Yeah. And like he's got more of an emotional connection to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the movie or in the book, they kinda describe him as never being there. Yeah. Like never being around, kind of doing all this from arm's length. So mm-hmm. very different characters, like similar qualities. Yeah. But executed very differently.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so around this time, they are kind of getting a tour of the facility. They've already seen the dinosaurs mm-hmm. and everything. Um, there's a cool part in the movie, which I kind of liked for uh explanation sake, where they do like a little fun video.
0: I love that. The
1: little like infographic mm-hmm.
0: with like the cartoon DNA <laughs> yeah. explaining it The the setup of the park and like the branding and yeah, the rides the and everything. Merchandise. Yeah. It's done so well in the movie. Like it really feels like a theme park. That's yeah. Ready plus to be they open. have like
1: ready made merchandise for the movie. Yeah. So like to sell it, it's uh-huh. great. You know, everyone enjoys it. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I have to give a quick shout out to the graphic designer, chip kid. Oh yeah. Who designed the cover of the, fir- of the original Jurassic park book. And it's really interesting. Uh, He does a lot of talks, but he talked about doing that design Mm -hmm. and kind of how he came to like, you know, outline the T-Rex skeleton from a book and fill it in and like do all that. And then they basically took his design and tweaked it and then made it the logo for the movie and everything. Wow. Which I'm not sure he I don't think he ever like gave them permission or like anything. He was just like suddenly it was like the logo of the movie and it was everywhere and it was super iconic. Wow. Wow. Um, but that was kind of how that became like the logo that's in the movie for Jurassic Park and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but the branding and the explanation for how they do everything with the video, it's great. I love yeah, it.
1: Yeah, and it makes sense to get a lot of expositions out of mm-hmm. the way in a way that like is fun and quick and also makes sense for the plot of the movie. You know, they're not just inserting an infographic. Yeah. It's like part of the park.
0: Well yeah, and I love the shots of like Grant, like, look watching the video with such intensity. Like, yeah. It's a stupid, goofy thing, like, to t- tell kids almost. Yeah. But he's like, how have you done this? And he's, like, super intense about it, which I love.
1: hmm And around this time, we're introduced to Lex and Tim, mm-hmm. uh, Hammond's grandkids, um, who are very different characters in the book and movie. In the book, Tim is the older one. Lex is younger. Tim is a computer nerd and a book bookworm and a dinosaur nerd yep and lex just likes to throw a baseball (laughs)
0: let's play some pickle yeah she says
1: (laughs) all the time uh and obviously in the movie i don't know why i keep saying obviously i guess i just assume more people have seen the
0: movie (laughs) maybe well i mean you're probably right (laughs)
1: yeah and in in the movie lex is older um Mm -hmm. and is more into computers and then tim is more into dinosaurs younger yeah
0: i kind of like the i like It's not that I liked her being older. Yeah. I just liked...
1: That she had an interest. (laughs) Yes. That was important to the story. And she
0: wasn't super obnoxious. Oh, God. I don't... Lex, as the story goes, just ramps up the obnoxiousness. Gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I liked her. Yeah. Like, oh, she's this goofy kid who likes...
1: Like a tomboy, Yeah, who likes
0: baseball and stuff, and, like, I kind of cared about her, but oh, my God, by the end, like, I wanted her to get eaten so I was bad. Like,
1: please have a velociraptor eat her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she was awful.
1: Let's get to the good part. Let's get to the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the fateful ride through the park mm. where they're just driving through the park and everything seems fine, and uh, Sattler gets uh, divided from the rest of the group because she decides to stay with the sick dinosaur.
0: Yeah, I... Uh... I love that scene so much. Like, we talked about, like, how she, like, cries yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And the the movie does such a good job of constantly, like, flip-flopping your view of the dinosaurs. So, like, when they first get there and they see those huge, uh, I forget, they're herbivores, but yeah. the huge dinosaurs, you know, you're like, wow, it's such wonder. Mm-hmm. And then later on, Grant finds out they, they're breeding velociraptors. And yeah. suddenly he's, like, really afraid about it. Mm-hmm. And then... And I think you kind of like see the velociraptors in their pen. Yeah. And then they're out on this safari trip and we see the sick one. And it's another moment of like, oh, like this sweet, like they care about these animals. It's really kind of magical. And yeah, I think the movie does a good job of kind of like giving us these tender moments and then these frightening moments yeah. and kind of going back and forth on And those. I mean, they're
1: they're all completely different animals, you mm-hmm. know, so one species can be like gentle and pretty much harmless and the others can be wildly dangerous. Um, I really liked the scene too because you get to see Sattler working and like using her um, she's a plant paleontologist mm-hmm. um, kind of figuring out what's wrong with the dinosaur and using her knowledge to like help. It's great. Uh, yeah. But then then Then, Then,
0: we get the T-Rex, the T-Rex, uh, this part in the movie, it's great in the book too. It is. This part's great in both, uh, iterations of the story. The movie though, I mean, it's iconic. It is. And it's just done so well. I didn't realize to watching it this time, there's no music in this entire scene.
2: Yeah.
1: It's it's all,
0: there's no score. Mm Mm-hmm where you know the power goes out because of the storm Nedry well yeah Nedry yeah. the one who's played by Newman <laughs> in the movie <laughs> um shuts down the power to steal embryos and you know it's kind of he he's what kind of snowballs yeah the fall of the park but when the power goes out and the t-rex shows up and like breaks through the cables because they're not electrified anymore yeah the scene is just phenomenal and the CGI on it still holds oh, up. Oh,
2: it's so good
1: in
0: this scene, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only that, not only this is the CGI good, but they intermix it with puppetry, yeah, with like big mechanical T Rex components, yeah, that are also effective. And it just, I don't know, it's so engaging, intense, and exciting because of that. Yeah. And another thing I realized watching it this time is there's a lot of silence. Yeah. And pauses. Even before the T-Rex shows up and stuff of them just waiting around. Yeah,
1: it's building the suspense. It is. And it does a really great job building the suspense. And I was thinking as I was watching it that it was kind of giving you visual cues about things that were about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like as they're going by for the first time, they have there's a goat tied yes. in the T-Rex enclosure to try to like lure it out so you could like see it eating the goat. But it doesn't eat it.
0: Mm-hmm. And they
1: move on, but then they end up coming back. And you see the goat again.
0: Yeah. And so
1: you're kind of reminded where you are. You're mm -hmm. near the T-Rex enclosure. And then later on, Lex looks to where the goat was and it's gone. Yeah. And you're like, (gasps) (gasps) it's just, it's such a great, it's like a visual anchor. Like it reminds you. Of what's happening. Yeah,
0: I actually made a note of that, too, because I had the same. I'm like, that's really smart. It's like very, no one has to say, like, oh, we're by the T-Rex again or anything. Just a subtle visual cue. And that's where, like, a director like Steven Spielberg, I think people don't think about how important that aspect of directing is. Yeah. Where you have to just suddenly be feeding people information visual information visual information or hopefully visually like yeah i think ideally you do it as visually as possible Mm -hmm. uh as opposed to people saying saying that yeah uh and hopefully you're not aware of it it's like graphic design people say like the best graphic design is like invisible you don't really notice it Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like good filmmaking yeah you're not you you just kind of like absorb the the information
1: you won't notice it
0: yeah
2: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. uh yeah, and, and so the scene starts. And something else that is super effective, specifically about CGI, because this is kind of where <laughs> I think back to Jurassic World. Uh. Where... There's just a ton of CGI. And CGI, God, it's been 20 years. I know.
1: Honestly, it's so funny because Jurassic Park was almost like the birth of CGI.
0: It was. It really was. Yeah. Uh, And it
1: was like when people were like, wow, this is like what we can make. mm -hmm. And then they, with great power, they had
0: no responsibility with it. (laughs) People have joked that like. The metaphor of Jurassic Park about, like, <laughs> you know, unwieldy. Like, Just
1: because we could yes. doesn't mean we
0: should. <laughs> and, like, what have they done yeah. to, like, filmmaking by bringing CGI into the world? But
1: but Jurassic Park did it well. So everyone else, it's on them. It did for not super doing well. It well. And
0: part of it is the limitations. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I think is so effective about Jurassic Park is that all of the CGI shots of the dinosaur and everything for that matter in these movies when CGI is used, it's all in a real environment, yeah. first and foremost. And it's always from a human perspective. Yep. Whereas in Jurassic World, we get shots of like uh pterodactyls swooping in and you're like up in the air with them. You're in this impossible
1: simulated environment, yes. too. You know the whole shot is CGI.
0: Or a scene at the end of Jurassic World where like the T-Rex is fighting that other dinosaur
1: indomitus rex or whatever i can't believe i remember that and not the other dinosaurs names.
0: have you watched that more than me no Mm -hmm. i'm thinking you maybe watched that when i'm not around (laughs) i swear uh you know but like during that fight scene the camera's like spinning around them and like these impossible and it you know, it just takes you out of it. it. doesn't feel tense or exciting because you don't feel like you're with the characters. Yeah,
1: and the the beauty and the horror of that scene with the T-Rex in the car is that you are in that human perspective. You are there in the car with Lex and Tim as the dinosaur is trying to devour them through the glass of the yeah. car. And you're like, ah.
0: And those occasional cuts to a real puppet, like when they shine the light in its eye and the yeah. pupil dilates, like you can tell that's a real thing there and it adds to that like tension. Mm -hmm. Um, And and another element that I think is like not as obvious, but is really effective is that the T-Rex acts so animalistic. Yeah. Like it kind of pauses and then it will like just start hitting the car Yeah, or it'll start, Pulling at the tire. It's just kind of like fucking around and pausing and like, you know, it almost it, it's very animalistic. Yeah. It's like in um the Revenant the Bear attack scene. You know what I mean? I, I know you it. haven't seen it, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't want to see it because you
0: wouldn't go with me to the movies to see it. I had to see it by myself. I
1: didn't want to see it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that was another scene where like the bear just acted. So it would just pause for a moment and it was so tense. Like you
1: didn't know what it was going to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It would just start clawing at DiCaprio and then stop. And then it seemed like it was walking away and then it would come back and just uh, like, you know, it was yeah. really tense. And I got that same feeling from the T-Rex scene. You just don't know what it's going to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so in the movie, Gennaro runs away and abandons the kids. Yeah. Runs into an outhouse and then the T-Rex eats him. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Grant and Malcolm try to lure the T-Rex away from the kid's car. Um, and they both kind of, or Malcolm at least gets kind of hit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And goes down. Malcolm gets fucking knocked out by the T-Rex.
1: In the book, um, Regis is the one that runs away and abandons the kids. And then, uh, Grant and Malcolm are both kind of hit by the T-Rex when it's kind of just going by. Yeah. Um, and then everyone sort of wakes up separately the same way that the scene in the movie happens too where everyone is trying to like figure out what happened afterwards. Yeah.
0: The grouping that kind of happens in both at the end kind of is the same. Yeah. Grant ends up with both kids. Malcolm's hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, Regis in the book slash the lawyer in the movie gets eaten. Yeah. Uh, although in the book he gets eaten by like an adolescent T-Rex. The that, baby Rex. The baby Rex <laughs> that shows up. Yeah. Which is so funny because it just is like messing with him. Yeah. Like it'll knock him down and then let him get back up. And he's like, hey, stop that. And they'll like knock him down again. Yeah. It's like, I'm I'm warning you.
1: Get away. Shoo. And then it's like, okay, I'm done. And then just starts eating him. Ugh. Uh, This brings me to a point I'd like to talk about in the book. Uh, It is fucking gruesome yeah it is oh it is repulsive like i remember reading this when i was much younger and just being like damn <laughs>
0: <laughs> shit got real yeah
1: and it starts you out with um nedri being killed mm-hmm. so nedri when he tries to steal the um dinosaur uh, embryos he is driving them to this dock to try to like sell them and stuff. But he there's a storm and he kind of loses his way and he gets out of the car because he's, you know, trying to figure out where he is. And these dinosaurs who can like spit venom end up spitting venom on him and he gets blinded. Yeah. Uh, and then they just tear out his guts
0: yeah, they like dis. It like bites oh. him and like disembowels him.
1: Yeah, it like claws his stomach open, and then he. They talk about him holding his own guts. Yeah, and then he like is slowly like dying as they're eating him. it's, it's like it's it's horrifying, and mm-hmm. it starts you out that way, and then almost every death from then on. Is not quite as bad, I don't think, but <laughs> but pretty bad.
0: The blinding venom in the eyes, following by the him holding his own guts and realizing it, is pretty yeah,
1: pretty fucked it's, up. it's intense. Uh, <laughs> everyone pretty much dies in this manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't really any quick deaths in the book, anyway.
0: No, the ones
1: that we get to see. There's some off-screen. Off-page. Off-page,
0: yeah. Off-page yeah. book deaths, but mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And a lot more people die in the book. But um, yeah, so some people die, and then Grant and the kids now have to find their way back to the main control room of Jurassic Park.
3: Yeah,
0: in yeah. In the
1: book, there's kind of like this subplot where... There are these raptors on the boat that left the I island. I do not
0: like this part at all. And it they're was... like,
1: they're trying to read. They have to connect the telephones, get the power back on so they can call the boat and tell them to come back because they have raptors on the boat. And it's just like it, it adds a time element, which I'm not sure it really needs. No. The tension is they're high enough.
0: They're lost in a, like an island. Of extinct dinosaurs that are trying to eat them. Yeah. Do we really need, like, a ticking time bomb element yeah. of, like, if the raptors get on shore, then the raptors will be in Costa Rica. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm not saying that's not bad, but let's, you know, you worry about you for now, Dr. Grant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like count your chickens too early. Yeah. That you're going to get out of this. But, uh, yeah, so, and then... Ellie ends up. I'm sorry, Doctor Sadler. See, I <laughs> knew I would. I knew I'd say that. So, like, because both versions call her Ellie like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Sadler makes it back to the
1: control room. Control area.
0: room compound. Yeah. Yeah, and they uh, are kind of like regrouping, and they decide they have to go back out to like. They don't know what happened to the cars or anything or because all the power's out and the yeah. cameras are out. So uh can I just say though for a moment I loved specifically in the book all of the uh pages about just how the island operates. Yeah. I was so interested in that. Like <laughs> I could have read another 100 pages just about like All the specific problems of the island and, like, the animals. The
2: staffing. Yeah,
0: and, like, clearly... Feeding
2: them. Yeah,
0: Michael Crichton just, like, thought so much about, like, what are real problems they'd have. Yeah. You know, they talked about, uh, you know, the the dinosaur droppings. Yeah. Like, we have 10-ton animals that are shitting constantly. And like, what do you do with all that shit? How do you get rid of it? Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. then they like specifically bred a small dinosaur that would eat the, the shit. Yeah. Um, so like that was them trying to like fix that problem. But then they were also saying like, you know, these dinosaurs, you know, in this environment, there's less oxygen than there was in their era. Yeah. So they actually have trouble breathing. He talks about if you hear them, like they're
2: wheezing.
1: Yeah. They're kind
0: of wheezing. Yeah. Uh, just yeah there's so many and they talk little
1: about, issues yeah that would, would definitely pop up if this actually happened
0: absolutely and I, I was constantly like oh that's really interesting oh that's an interesting issue and mm-hmm. I just loved reading about that so much
1: yeah it's super interesting there's a lot of detail in this
0: book mm-hmm. a lot
1: there's like a whole subplot in the book where they try to get the power back on and then they end up getting the power back on but the power is running on auxiliary power the whole time and wasn't running on the main power source. So then it shuts off again because the ox power runs out, Mm -hmm. Um, which is interesting. Um, And I mean, they kind of cut that out. It's not really important. It's not. That's like the whole story. Mm -hmm. It's just like that. They have no idea really what they're doing and they're just like fucking it up and they don't even know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or like one of the fences shorts out because like, metal cables that were used to hold back a tree snapped off and like connected with the fence and like yeah. I'm like Michael Crichton had to do so much research for this story to know, know like how electrical fences work and then like uh is it paleontology? Yeah yeah paleontology like he talks about a lot and then Malcolm with all his chaos theory and oh, math yeah. and like theoretical shit and there's just so much in this story, yeah, but, but I really like it. I I was never that bored. No, reading about that stuff. I don't know if it's just the subject matter or Michael Crichton's such a good writer that he keeps you engaged mm-hmm. during that time. But yeah. yeah,
1: it's it's super fascinating. There's a lot that goes into this.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I love in the movie uh, Arnold, who's kind of the head of the control. Yeah, room is played by Samuel Jackson.
1: Yes, it's great.
0: And Samuel, no one. Can deliver faster uh, exposition about things about the island than Samuel L. Jackson with a
1: cigarette in his mouth, with a cigarette
0: in his mouth at all times. Yes,
1: hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> I, just I, yeah,
0: I just loved hearing him. Yeah, I just loved hearing with the cigarette dangling out of his mouth, being like, "We well, see the auxiliary power has to be back on because if the fences are down, the like <laughs> he just like is rattling off like a page worth of exposition and like." 10 seconds
1: yeah it's awesome it's a
0: sight to behold
1: uh what's happening with grant and the kids they're just sort of like making their way back
0: yeah we get the the car the jeep in the tree yeah scene mm-hmm. which is pretty good in the movie it's exciting
1: yeah and then they kind of set off to get back to the control room i guess and to get back to the others there's like a whole section of the book where they are being chased by the T-Rex. Yeah. Like a lot of the book, which is really interesting to me because I was looking up later how I guess um, a lot of these scenes were actually used in the second and third movie.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So
1: like, I guess the the river scene, which I haven't seen the second or third movie. Yeah, me neither. The either. river scene, I think, is used mm. when they're trying to escape from the T-Rex on the river and they're on a raft. And then the scene where uh, Tim and Lex are behind the waterfall and the dinosaur is like reaching his tongue
0: oh, in to try yeah. to like
1: grab them. I guess I think that's supposed to be in the second or third one. I don't know.
0: I think the second one is all like mostly so it follows Malcolm, I know. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of it is like on the mainland, like in I forget we watched part of it at a bar one day. I think oh, we were at wasn't over the bar. Yeah. Um. I think it's the third movie that is kind of people treat more as the sequel. Mm-hmm. That's like what I see on TV more often. It has Grant back in it. Yeah. And is back on Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. the island. So I feel like a lot of that's probably in the third one, if anything. But yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So yeah, there's a, a part where the T-Rex chases them on a river. There's a <laughs> It's like a ride. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's
1: a log a, ride. There's a
0: lot. Of stuff that happens to Grant and the kids. Yeah. In the book. And
1: they go to the pterodactyl aviary. Yeah. And they get, like, attacked by those things. You're like, oh, no, they're going here. It's not going to be good. Like, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And then they're, like, in an underground tunnel. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, it, it's so weird because the book for almost 200 pages is just discussing all these complex, like, scientific things. The yeah. dinosaurs, how the park was created. And... Like how it works and electrical systems and computers and shit. And then the next two hundred pages are just non stop.
2: Yeah. Like action. Ju- action. Intense.
0: Yeah. Just crazy. Just running from dinosaurs and being eaten and like gruesomeness and it's kind of a weird pacing. Yeah. I was fine with it, I think, but I almost got exhausted during the It second is. There's half. like a
1: lot. I'm like, oh God, they're finally out of the river. And then there's like the waterfall, and the T Rex is waiting underneath the waterfall for them. <laughs> I
3: know.
0: And I'm like, how
1: did he get there? <laughs> I should say she. It's she. They it keep is calling she. the T Rex he, but it's a she.
0: They're all this is a, a, a feminist dinosaur <laughs> island. It's a
1: matriarchy. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, but in the movie, we pretty much just get them fleeing from the T Rex, and then they have to climb that fence
0: yeah there's a scene in a field yeah um with, with a the herd of dinosaurs with a herd of dinosaurs we got a nice I uh, there's a really great scene where they're up in a tree and oh, they're yeah. feeding one of those long-necked dinosaurs that we don't know the name of uh <laughs> but grant clearly has like grown to like the kids yeah like, they're, they're kind of like, curled up with him sleeping
1: with him and he talks about having to evolve and change
0: yeah because they were like if dinosaurs are alive again what are you going to do for a job and yeah. he kind of looks at them and says I guess we'll all have to evolve mm-hmm. and it's just obviously he's thinking about kids too so
1: yeah yeah and he carries around that velociraptor claw mm-hmm. and he just kind of tosses it he's like I don't need this anymore yeah <laughs> he's like I, I don't really want to be reminded that there are velociraptors loose around me <laughs> he's like I don't
0: I don't need this to threaten children anymore I like kids now
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, but they, we have the scene where they have to climb the fence. And, of course, that's the moment when um they get the power back on. And uh, Sattler is the one who gets the power back on.
0: Because she's a fucking badass. She is a
1: badass. And she has to run through a herd of loose velociraptors to get to it. And once she gets there, she also discovers uh Arnold's foot or arm. His arm. His arm. Because
0: it, like, falls on her. Yeah, And she's like, oh, Arnold.
1: (laughs) And then it's just his arm because the Velociraptor ate him.
0: Mm -hmm. But yeah,
1: she gets the power back on. Everything is safe, but Tim gets electrocuted.
0: When I first watched this movie and before I kind of like was really paying attention to the character names and stuff, I never paid attention or understood that, you know, at the time, like Samuel Jackson's character, Arnold Went to turn the power back on. Yeah. So when she's in there and the arm falls on her and she's like, oh, Arnold. And I was like, who is that? Who died? Yeah. Because he dies off screen. And I had like no idea Mm -hmm. that he that that was who that was. I was always confused about that until. You know, recently book. when mm-hmm. I read the book and like watched the movie, I'm like, "Oh, it's Samuel Samuel Jackson's Yeah, arm.
1: I think it is confusing because you don't see him die.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: but he also dies off the page on in the book too.
0: He does, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. He's he's done no justice any, in either story. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um all this time Malcolm ha- is very injured.
3: Mm-hmm. In the
1: movie, he just like unbuttons his shirt and like <laughs> lays on a table and starts like, you know, giving lectures about how they're all fucked basically yeah, yeah in the book he also gives them lectures about how they're all fucked but he does it like 15 times
0: yeah he is he becomes like even delirious with a fever at the yeah. end and he can barely talk and then he talks for like five paragraphs yeah they're
1: like he's so weak and then he just keeps talking <laughs> <laughs> like he, he just is lecturing them up until the end uh And his condition just keeps worsening because he has like blood poisoning or something like Mm he really was hurt in the dinosaur attack. Uh, And it's crazy because in the book, like they're all in the visitor center and Malcolm is injured and they're kind of gathered around him. And the velociraptors are on the roof, like chewing through the bars on the skylight trying to get to them. And so there's like a very time limit aspect Mm because they're like they've already chewed through one of the bars there's only two left like they're gonna get to
3: us if we
0: don't get them electrified again soon they're gonna get the power back on Mm -hmm. uh what did you think of i was on and off with like malcolm's rants in the book some i thought were interesting yeah you
1: know i thought so too
0: but there were a couple that i had problems with yeah specifically the one where he complains about scientists and like science being about like leaving your mark and stuff yeah. and while i understand what he's saying that you know oh we want to travel to the moon and then we leave our garbage on the moon yeah or we do these experiments and kind of leave our A trash yeah but on the other hand and he's kind of like comparing that to jurassic park but then i'm again i'm like yeah but also like capitalism yeah and deforestation and yeah, like is that
1: scientists or is that like scientists who are caught in a system of like capitalism like
0: yeah and not even scientists uh, to a point I'm it's just like there are worse things in this idea of like leaving your shit around and kind yeah. of like fucking things up uh that i'm like i'm not sure we should be focusing on the scientists in that area i think
1: his rants are good i just think by like the sixth One. Yeah. You're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's like I'm I'm done.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And he just keeps and like I wish that he had more to do in the book. Yeah. Because he is an interesting character, but basically his job is just to point out how wrong everyone is (laughs) and how soon they're gonna die. Uh Uh-huh. Um and in the movie he has a little bit more going on a little bit more of a dynamic with other characters, at least at the beginning.
0: Yeah. Him with Sattler. Oh, yeah. At the beginning. Yeah.
1: But and then at the end, he also kind of falls out of the story and doesn't do much besides, uh, show his chest. <laughs> his <laughs>
0: gleaming chest. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it does suck because he really steals the scenes that he's he does, in. Yeah. And then when he's out of commission, I mean, he's helping, like, read schematics and stuff, but it's not nearly as...
2: He's not
1: doing that I would
0: have loved, and I think that's why they're like, let's make him the star of the sequel. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I really wish he had more to do later mm-hmm. on in the movie.
1: And, like, part of me wonders if Malcolm's character is sort of a mouthpiece for the author.
0: Oh, I, I would imagine, yeah. Like,
1: all his rants and all his, like, kind of criticizing science and, like, you know, these emerging technologies, sort yeah. of like the author being like, Hey, wait, like we should be cautious, you know? I don't know. And, and, and that's why I think it felt kind of moralizing and sort of beating you over the head a bit. Yeah. And honestly, there's nothing I hate more in a book when things are kind of hitting you over the head. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm an adult person. Like I can figure it out on my own. Like, <laughs> I
0: hate, yeah, I hate, especially when science fiction in particular, and I felt this way about like, Uh, Fahrenheit 451 and stuff. It's like where they were like, technology's bad. Technology's bad. It's going to doom us. And I'm like, yeah, but um, can we also agree that it's done a lot of good and like also explore that side of it and Mm -hmm. that like not everything's always bad. I I just hate those really narrow points of view especially when you're just saying like something's terrible and
1: it's like yes we all agree jurassic park is bad like we should <laughs> not do that we all know that <laughs> no one went into this thinking this is a good idea yeah
0: um but yeah like especially with the science thing and shitting on that and like not even looking at the scope of, like, you know, capitalism. Because, I mean, that's another aspect of Jurassic Park. And that's yeah, arguably... It's all about the money. What drove it to be, like, the failure that it was. It wasn't, like, the science aspect. It was, like, we have to get this theme park up and running, so let's go, go, go. And yeah. E- yeah. So, you know, it just seemed a little narrow for me. hmm And I agree about the mouthpiece thing, because he's, like, Malcolm's a character who doesn't do almost anything in the story. No. And just lectures and pontificates the entire time yeah so yeah <laughs> uh yeah so grant and the kids get back to the visitor center slash control room mm-hmm. area and
1: the kids are in the kitchen
0: the kids are in the kitchen <laughs> Uh, we get another classic. I-, I like this almost as much as the water glass. Yeah. Uh, the Jello. The the, the Jello. <laughs> Lex just has like a spoonful of Jello, and is, her
1: expression is perfect. Yeah, and
0: is, she's looking at her brother, and suddenly the Jello just starts going. Yeah. And it's because sees a Velociraptor; she's just shaking. Oh. It's so I love it. It's great. It's such yeah. a good visual.
2: mm Hmm.
1: And um, this is also a really iconic scene of them in the kitchen and yeah. the Velociraptor stalking them and them kind of like going underneath the um, counters mm-hmm. and then trying to lure the Velociraptor into the freezer. Yeah. All this stuff. It's pretty cool.
0: And this is another thing where the special effects are so good work. I'm kind of constantly like was that CGI or was that prop yeah because like parts are clearly like a puppet yeah parts some parts are clearly CGI but then other parts I'm like I can't tell like where it ends. they do really will on the
1: well on the velociraptors I think
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. for sure um but the the kids get away it's a really great tense exciting scene that's
1: there's this wacky scene in the book where Grant is being stalked by velociraptors and he ends up like in the oh, yeah. hatchery where they hatch the dinosaurs, and he like grabs a poison, puts it in a syringe, injects it into an egg, and then rolls the egg towards the Velociraptors. A Velociraptor eats the egg, gets poisoned, and then another Velociraptor sees that the other Velociraptor is dying, starts to eat. The other dying velociraptor yeah. and then gets poisoned because he ate the poisoned dying dinosaur. It, I'm like, the, the fuck is happening? Grant
0: just like MacGyver's this whole elaborate like, yeah. poisoning situation. And there were times in the story with all these elaborate like set pieces where I got kind of confused yeah. about what exactly there's a part where. When they're in the um the lodge, yeah, and they're trying to attract the Velociraptors. this is in the book. I'm sorry that mm-hmm. I'm talking about. They're trying to j- attract the velociraptors towards them and away from the control room area. Yeah, and Ellie's behind a fence, and there's velociraptors on the roof. And I could never understand why. I'm like, I couldn't
1: either. I'm like, is the fence around the building like are the Velociraptor's on the roof within the fence? Yeah. Or are they outside the fence?
0: Because if they were on the roof within the fence, couldn't they just jump off the roof and, and, get, to her. and get her immediately? Yeah. Because she's trying to lure... I was confused about that I, too. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Well, and
1: in the Grant hatchery scene, I'm like, where is he that he can like put the poison in the syringe, then grab an egg and inject it. Like how far away is he from them? Why don't they sense him Mm -hmm. and just attack him? Is he
0: hiding? Yeah. Yeah. That was another scene. Yeah. The book with these set pieces kind of gets like, I don't know, a little lazy. And also it's just been so many action scenes in a row. I know
1: there are a lot
0: that I just kind of am tired at this point. (laughs) And I'm like,
1: and they keep being like, we have to get to the ship because they have to, to call the ship. Yeah. The timing. And I'm like, stop. Like, you're just <laughs> trying to be alive. Like, that's the more important yeah. thing. Save
0: yourself, Grant. Yeah. Uh,
1: oh, there's a really great scene I just want to mention. Oh, go for it. Um, in the movie where Sattler and Hammond talk
0: yes yeah i wanted to talk about that's that that's a really too. great
1: scene and it does a lot for hammond's character and for sattler's character as well where they're sitting in the cafeteria and hammond is talking about his vision for jurassic park and what he wanted it to be and how he can't believe how all this has happened and sattler kind of tells him like you know the only thing that matters is the people that we care about and like control is an illusion you thought you yeah. had control over this park and you never did mm-hmm. um and it's sort of a a moment where Hammond realizes the error of his ways, I think. Yeah. And is also clearly distraught over his grandchildren being in yeah, the park.
0: Yeah. And he's eating this melting ice cream, which yeah. is just such a great metaphor. I love it. Cause It like, is. The power's out, so all the ice cream's melting, so he's, like, eating it, because it's, like, why not? Mm-hmm. So, but I really liked that scene and that setup. And-
1: yeah. And that Sattler is the one that has, like, the clearest priorities about what she needs mm-hmm. to do and what they need to do su- to survive. Um. Yeah, and contrast this with a scene in the book where uh, Hammond is also eating ice cream and he's talking to Gennaro, the lawyer. Yeah. And Gennaro's basically telling him that his grandkids are, like, trapped in the park somewhere mm-hmm. and the dinosaurs are loose. And he's like, well, they'll be fine. Like, the park is made for kids. What like, the <laughs> fuck are you
0: talking <laughs> what about? are you talking about? Like,
1: there's dinosaurs out there.
0: That's like... Telling like someone at Disney World, like, hey, a kid fell in the machinery of um, Space Mountain and he's like, Disney World is made for kids. It's for kids. It's safe. It's (laughs) fine. That kid's fine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And once again, to compare this to like Jurassic World. Yeah. Like this is a great scene with character development that's exploring the characters and the themes of the story. Yeah. And it's just kind of this nice break in the action.
1: Yeah. Human moments.
0: Human moments, and you know,
1: like the scene with Grant and the kids in the tree. You yeah, know?
0: yeah, and that's just where, like in the movie Jurassic World, and I'm I'm saying this because you know this is a blockbuster from '93. Yeah, uh, but it was so successful and so beloved. And I think a lot of times people just take away the wrong lessons from this. Yes. Like, people love dinosaurs. Yes. They want more dinosaurs. Let's just make a
1: movie with dinosaurs. More dinosaurs. Bigger dinosaurs. Scarier dinosaurs. They
0: engineer a new dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you get a Jurassic World with, like, shallow characters and not exploring any interesting themes, really. Yeah. And people are – but people still – I guess, I don't know. People still – a lot of people saw that movie and i think a lot of people like yeah. it but i just for me it was like boring not interesting and i hated all the characters
2: <laughs> yeah same
0: and that's just where a, a blockbuster like jurassic park does so well where one like jurassic world for me falls on its face
2: yeah same so mm-hmm.
0: fuck jurassic world
1: yeah fuck, <laughs> fuck that so what's happening
0: what's where are we what's What's going on?
1: Oh, um, so in the movie, they're trying to get the power or the they got the power back on, but they're trying to get like all the systems restored. Yeah. Um, and this is Lex Lex's <laughs> shining moment. And I love the line. She's like, it's a Unix system. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we get this amazing tense action scene where the Raptor's trying to get in the room and all the tension revolves around these really slow
2: animated
0: animated computer file
2: yeah
1: like, systems <laughs> <laughs> and Lex like is like I'm the hacker I'm I'm circuit breaker like I'm here <laughs> and she restores everything which is great and she was not annoying throughout the whole movie you know she was wonderful uh in the book oh god the whole book she just whines she complains she's like I'm bored
0: I mean, yeah, and she's seven in the book, just to remind you. She's like,
1: I'm hungry. And then she is always like, carry me. (laughs) And then when they're trying to, like, sneak away from the T-Rex, she can't stop coughing. Oh, my God. And she's, like, coughing loudly, and the T-Rex is sleeping. And then she and Tim cannot stop arguing. Like, the two of them just argue constantly, like, over and over and over. And then in the book, Tim is the one trying to restore the computer system. And Lex is just like, you're not doing it right. Ugh, you,
0: you don't, don't know, what know you're this. Doing. Me, me, me. Eh. And then oh she goes, like, God. reaches out and just starts touching the computer and yeah. like changing things. Ugh. And Tim is trying to get the power on because the Raptors are going to get people in the lodge. Yeah. If he doesn't restore the electricity. Yeah. And Lex is just like shit talking him. Yeah. Uh, Purposefully like yeah. fucking up the computer him. and distracting him. Oh, she's, I was like, it would be totally acceptable if he just knocked her, if he just laid her out.
1: Yeah. I was like, why doesn't someone just knock her unconscious and then they can carry her the whole way. Like she wanted and she wouldn't cough. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they get the, uh, the systems restored and all that stuff. And then, but they keep getting chased by the, the, the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the movie, This is kind of like winding to the end. Uh, They end up in the lobby where they're like dangling from the T-Rex bones and fall. And it's great. And I love that part. And right at that moment where you think all hope is lost and they're surrounded by the Velociraptors, the fucking T-Rex. Yep. Somehow sneaks out of nowhere. Like no one notices the (laughs) T-Rex. Until he's like eating one of the Velociraptors.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: And everyone escapes uh, and the T-Rex gets to roar. While that banner falls in front of him, perfect shot. Perfect shot. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's rescued. Everyone's rescued. We get this really sad moment of Hammond, yeah, like looking back on the park before they take the chopper out.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which you just feel so bad because he's just kind of this like sweet old man.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "I've made a terrible mistake," basically. Yeah, because Grant's like, "I've decided not to endorse your park," and he's like, "So have I." You know? He
0: he's like, "It's done." I forget what he says. He's like. It's fine. It's over.
1: Yeah. And it's crazy because in the book, even at this point when everything has gone to shit, so many people have died, you go back to Hammond's perspective and he's like, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it on a different yeah. island. We're going to get different people to do it. It was all these other fuckers that were here that yeah. screwed it up. It wasn't my fault. He's
0: like, I shouldn't have hired Arnold. I shouldn't have hired that Dr. Yeah. Wu. And- so in
1: the book, a lot of people are dead at this point. Um, Arnold's dead. Wu is dead. Um, Nedry's dead.
0: Yeah. Regis is dead. Regis, yeah.
1: Um, and then Malcolm dies. Also, just
0: like a lot of guards and people.
1: Yeah, Malcolm dies. So uh in the movie, Malcolm is fine. In mm-hmm. the book, Malcolm dies from his wounds. Still lecturing <sighs> up until the end. Um, and then Hammond decides to go for a walk after everything all the power's been restored, everything's fine. Uh, and he falls down a hill and breaks his ankle.
0: The funny thing is he runs because he hears a T-Rex roar. Yeah. "Ah!" And he just like runs into the woods and falls. And then you find out that it's actually Lex and uh, Tim in the control room. Yeah. Just like making sound effects. Pressing buttons. And (laughs) Hammond realizes it. And he's like, those fucking kids. He's like so mad. Yeah.
1: Uh, And then he is trying to get back up the hill, but his leg is broken and no one is coming to help him. Uh, when some scavenger dinosaurs mm-hmm. start hopping up towards him, uh, compies, I know yeah. what they're called. Um, and <laughs> apparently when they bite you, they, their bite is almost like a sleep drug yeah. that puts you to sleep. And so, yeah, they start jumping on him and biting him.
0: And he like kind of half-heartedly is like, oh no. And then they just eat him alive they
1: eat him alive
0: presumably very slowly yeah because they're small and
1: you're like dang
0: and i'm so glad that hammond in the book died i know in a gruesome disgusting way i hated him so much yeah he was awful
1: it's interesting too because so when they're rescued from the island um they like napalm the whole island (laughs) yeah and also at the end of the book they are being held in Costa Rica, and they're basically like, "Yeah, we don't know when. We'll probably like never release you. Like you're under custody." Yeah, yeah.
0: That was a kind of dark. It was. Like was a dark, way it was to a end dark it. ending. Um. Also, at the book, at the very end, for some reason, Grant is like, "We have to find the Velociraptor nest." Oh yeah. I'm like why? What is
1: this part? And he's like,
0: "We have to put an end to this." And like, what? Yeah. And then they're like dicks to um.
1: Gennaro. genera
0: janera the lawyer who has
1: survived this whole time yeah
0: and they're like you're coming with us it was your fault like your money yeah and is like i mean i guess like a little bit but
1: he works for a large company it wasn't like him him no yeah and it
0: was like yeah but i'm also not dr Wu, who like made these people or hammond who like oversaw the finances and like yeah like i'm pretty far back in this line of responsibility. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Everyone else is dead though. (laughs) True. Yeah. Um, that pretty much wraps, wraps the story. Yeah. One thing I did want to mention, um, was the characterization of Nedry in both the book and the movie, but I did have a problem with this Yeah. and it's something that has not aged well, I think. Um, but Nedry is sort of a villain, which is fine because he's the one that wants to, um, steal the dinosaur embryos but his villainy is almost like tied to him being fat and a slob yeah and it's like he can be those things but when you connect them so Mm -hmm. close to each other like he's almost like a villain because he's fat yeah and he's like fat because he's like an evil villain you know and they talk about him being like a slob and gross and disgusting and it's just very like And it's it's pretty much the same in the book and in the movie. And it's just pretty like, you know, this is not okay. Yeah.
0: The I I forget his name. He's he's Newman from Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, I do really like him in the movie. He plays him well. He does. He's like really funny and goofy. And Mm -hmm. like there's a scene where he's meeting uh, the guy about the embryos at the beginning. And he's just he's so funny and just like. The guy's like clearly like you know in a disguise, and he's like, "What are you doing? Like no one cares. Yeah. Like you're an idiot. You look like an idiot." Yeah. You know, he just he does the role well, mm-hmm. um, but I agree the characterization is problematic to say the least. Yeah. Um.
1: So the age-old question: What? What do you think?
0: Um. Once again, I have not thought about this at all until just now. Wow. Um. Boy, it's re- it, it's really hard. It is. Um. Only because I, lo- I liked the beginning of the book so much. Yeah. Uh, with like all the talk about paleontology and the math and mm-hmm. like the island and how it works. And uh, and the early action scenes were also pretty good too. Yeah. But to be honest in the book, I got really exhausted by it all by the end. I
1: did too. Yeah. It was just. It's a lot to keep
2: up with.
0: It is. And it's just nonstop action in the second half and i just kind of got real tired of it and i didn't feel like the characters were super well fleshed out or defined
1: No, i think the characters were pretty two-dimensional in the book, yeah. which is interesting cuz you think it would be the opposite, you mm-hmm. know. Um but yeah, there wasn't a lot going on with them. They were just kind of like this is what they were and these were their personality traits and their jobs and this is like kind of what happened with them. Like there was no arc for most of them. Yeah. You know, they didn't go through anything. They didn't change really. Um and we get like really interesting arcs with both Grant and Hammond, um mostly the two of them. Yeah. And then we get some interesting side characters like the kids, Sattler, um who kind of contribute a lot and are important to the story. So, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the characters as much in the book. Um, also, it's a lot of detail and a lot going on. And I think a lot can be said about a movie that shortens
3: mm-hmm. so much
1: of that and condenses it into like a very uh, <laughs> finite amount and it kind of like polishes it a bit.
0: Yeah. I, I always kind of think that, too, when I'm like comparing book versus movie and I'm like, yeah, I'm like the movie basically does everything the book does in an hour and a half, as opposed to yeah, like a 500. And sometimes page that novel. works,
1: and sometimes that doesn't. And when it does work, you're almost like, I got to give them props for making that work. Like, how yeah. did they do that? How did they take all this content and find the the gem inside it? Yeah, kind of like make that work. You exactly.
0: Know? Yeah, and I, I think the characters are somewhat better like especially hammond hammond's a really interesting character yeah uh his kind of like naive like idealization of like the park and everything what it could be yeah and kind of him having to like accept because it's really hard watching this sweet old man like see this park
2: yeah you feel bad you do Mm -hmm. you feel
0: really bad and um yeah and obviously steven spielberg's a fantastic director
2: he's amazing and he
0: directs the hell out of like the action scenes and like the even just like the the camera movements and the shots. Very subtle, but like he sets everything up really nicely and you know, he he, he just,
1: just does what he does. He
0: directed the hell out of it. It's
1: no wonder he's a, you know, amazing director, super well known, uh recognizable mm-hmm. name. He's made his name for himself.
0: I am I'm almost positive. I'd have to look it up. I'm pretty sure I watched a documentary on Steven Spielberg. I am almost positive this movie came out the same year as Schindler's List. It is. I read okay, that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because Jurassic Park won for all the technical awards, mm-hmm. and then uh, Schindler's List won all like the actor and director <laughs> yeah. and awards. And
0: Best Picture, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So.
1: <laughs> Killing it.
0: Yeah. So. So
1: movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did enjoy the book, though. I think it was interesting. Oh, I did. Too, I'd be yeah. up for reading another Michael Crichton book, um, but I think he does have a tendency to go on a little long. Um, and so, you know.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. <laughs> he, he's a little long winded, but I think he he does the action well. He does, and he does the descriptions well. I just wish they were a little more intermixed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, and maybe another story that would be better. You know. Hmm. So.
1: So, movie. Movie. Go out and watch Jurassic Park again. Because we assume you've already seen it at least once. (laughs) It's on Netflix. If you
0: haven't seen it, what are you listening to this for? (laughs) Get out of (laughs) here. Lightning Round?
1: Lightning Round. Okay, so first thing for Lightning Round, it's not really that funny, but just really interesting about the book. We talked about how it got into a lot of like theory and science and really interesting ideas about what's going on in the park. And Malcolm talks about a lot of these. One of them is, um, simple systems that cause like complex reactions. And he talks about the park being a complex or a simple like system that turns out to be complex. And he compares it to the weather yeah. And how people can't predict the weather because there are so many tiny different factors that you can run the same simulation over and over but each time it'll be different even with the same set of circumstances cuz yeah. something will be slightly off, slightly different and will change the outcome. And it's like it's so interesting because it's true we can't predict like long-term weather. Mm-hmm. Like short-term is pretty much all we have because it's such a complicated uh, system that feeds into itself and there's so much that can Change with it.
0: Yeah. It's like the butterfly effect. Yes. Yeah. With the, Mm -hmm. you know, beating its wings and then, yeah.
1: Um, Another idea is fractals, which is a geometric um, thing where it's the idea that the smaller you get and like the larger you get, the patterns repeat. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you look at a picture of like a mountain and then you get like really zeroed in on the mountain, like the rock. the rocks kind of look the same and then like the geometric structure of like um the molecules are similar as well so it's almost like things are the same on a small level as they are on a macro level as well
0: i really i i I don't know why that just had me thinking so much i thought that was really interesting
1: yeah and they talked about it being like human life and like the ups and downs um of uh, a lifespan are also like The same ups and downs that you have like in a day, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. it was just really interesting idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to read this one part because it made me laugh (laughs) so hard in the book. Um, (laughs) Instead of a triceratops being sick, like in the movie, in the book, it's a stegosaurus and he's describing it. And he said, um, with a huge bulky body and vertical armor plates along its back, the tail had dangerous looking three foot spikes But the neck tapered to an absurdly small head with a stupid gaze like a very dumb horse
1: (laughs) with a stupid gaze (laughs)
0: like a very dumb horse. (laughs) I just like I don't know why he was just like shitting all over like what a stegosaurus looked like. It made me laugh so hard. Oh, my God. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Uh, something I just want to mention is some iconic lines from the movie that I fucking love that I didn't get a chance to mention. Yeah. One of them of course is the Laura Dern line when, um, they're talking about the dinosaurs and everything. And Laura Dern's like dinosaurs eat man woman inherits the earth Uh (laughs) I'm like yeah and Grant and Malcolm look Look at her her like oh damn (laughs) Uh, another really great iconic line is when Muldoon who we didn't really talk about much he's Mm kind of like the game hunter uh, in charge of the animals is kind of stalking the velociraptors and it turns out they were hunting him in a pack and they were off to the side and uh, he says clever girl and then gets eaten
0: yeah that was great
1: (laughs) Uh, what's the other one?
0: Um, oh, uh, Malcolm.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Malcolm is talking to Grant in the car because he's, like, asking if Sattler is available. And he's like, I'm always on the lookout for the future ex-Mrs. Malcolm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He has another funny line, too, about, like, in that same discussion.
1: Yeah, he talks about how he loves kids because they're chaos, like, chaos theory. Like, you never know what will happen. It's like kids and wives.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then there's another line where like he's talking to Grant or like Sattler. She leaves the car, mm-hmm. and he's like still rambling. And he's like, "And now I'm talking to myself," which just furthers the point of chaos theory. <laughs> or, like he just keeps going. <laughs> I love it. Um, something small. Something I wanted to talk about briefly, and I need to go back and like maybe watch the clip closer because I'm not sure if I understood it correctly when I saw it, but I've always been confused about this. In the scene when the T-Rex attacks the cars, right? Yeah. So it walks through the fence, right? Yeah. And kind of between the cars out of like the trees. Yeah. And then it's attacking the cars and it knocks it around and then it like flips the car over the wall. Mm-hmm. But when it does that, now the wall like drops like, 60 or 70 feet
1: Mm, it's on the other side of the fence like there's the road
0: uh uh-huh there's
1: the fence on one side and then the drop down is the other side of the road the
0: other side yeah
1: that's the way i always saw it anyway yeah see i like the left you might be right
0: for me like visually like i don't know if it's the way it's filmed or something but like it doesn't read that way like Mm. it seems like the car's being pushed off the same side that like the dinosaur came from see
1: i never had that i always thought it was the other side of the road
0: Huh. Well, maybe I'll just delete this later. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is lightning round, not Ian misunderstands spatial reasoning. But if reasoning. you didn't
1: understand it, then maybe it wasn't as visually clear as it could have been.
0: I, I, I think so. I don't know. And it was only later when I thought about it that I was like, wait, isn't that the same side the dinosaur came from? And I'm probably just overthinking it.
1: Let's like zoom in and play it in slow motion. I want to
0: rewatch it yeah. like, and see if I'm correct or not. But... Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll insert something at the very end of this sentence. If I'm correct, I'll put <laughs> something it, Something I'm going to watch it. I'm going to put it right now. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I was right. Okay. <laughs> you now know if I'm stupid or not. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening to this episode. This one was so fun to do. Really mm-hmm. excited to do this iconic book and iconic movie um super fun
0: yeah uh, great time great time
1: great times all around
0: now i'm just talking to myself <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're very tired
0: uh yeah so please find us on twitter we are at cover two credits with the number two find us on facebook and instagram as well mm-hmm. also we have a patreon
1: yep consider what- becoming a patron Becoming our friend on there. Mm-hmm. We have a a monthly bonus podcast that comes out where we talk about other stuff besides books and movies, but pretty much still books yep. and movies.
0: <laughs> and the money just goes back into helping support the podcast, whether it's like um, fees for uh, the site we host the episodes on mm-hmm. or if it's going into equipment or things like that like it just helps us or
1: movie tickets or movie tickets yeah (laughs) Yeah. exactly
0: Mm -hmm. um like for our next episode yep on crazy rich asians yep
1: get excited we're
0: doing a new movie theater movie that's just coming out
1: get pumped go see it and then listen to our episode yeah it'll
0: be amazing Uh, i'm really excited to read it all 500 pages of it
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's 400 pages
0: oh okay that's not bad (laughs) uh yeah so great Also, leave us an iTunes review.
1: Yeah. Woo! We love you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye!